0: It's about that time for the inside trim. You know that nasty trim. Don't wind up on your back, bro. Are you ready? You better be ready, bro. Cause you're about to get inside trip. And we're back. What's up, wrestling fans? Oh, yes, wrestling fans, we are definitely back. This is episode number 11 of the Inside Trip Wrestling Podcast. My name is Brandon Olinger, and I am flying solo for the time being. You can hit us up on Twitter at The Inside Trip One. If you want to follow myself directly, please do so at Brando413. My typical partner, Ben Watson, is unable to be here today as he is up navigating some snow trails in Canada on a snowboard, having a nice time, I assume. But you can follow him directly at B-A-W-L-A-W. So Ben kind of left me hanging this weekend. But have no fear, everyone. I got a special guest coming up here in just a bit. Some of you might have heard of him. It is Flow Wrestling's Wrestling Nomad. He will be coming on to talk a little bit about the 2017 World Cup. However, before I get to that, let's cover a couple of things. As I said, this is episode number 11. You can catch us on all the typical podcasting places. iTunes, Google Play, SoundCloud, Spreaker, Stitcher, whatever, Please go out, take a listen, rate, review, leave some comments, hit us up on Twitter. Questions, concerns, feedback, we love it all. If you want to email us, feel free to do so at theinsidetrip1 at gmail.com. So before we get to our special guest today, I want to go ahead and just briefly run through the Ohio State Buckeyes weekend. As many Buckeye fans know, it's been a rough couple of weeks for them the last Uh, last couple of weeks they you know they went into Iowa they lost that duel Uh, we hosted Penn State last weekend that didn't work out very well in our favor however things kind of turned around for them this past week Monday they hosted Rutgers in what was a makeup duel it was supposed to take place earlier in the year but due to weather it had to be postponed the Buckeyes got a nice win there specifically Miles Martin got a great win over ranked opponent Nick Gravina getting him back on the winning track Then this weekend, the Buckeyes traveled to Nebraska on Friday and Minnesota today. Um, The Buckeye team was able to pull out wins in both of those duels. We had some great performances. Um, Just kind of running through some of them off the top of my head. Let's see here. Nathan Tomasello picked up a great win over returning All-American Eric Montoya at 133 pounds against Nebraska. Um, Luke Pletcher had a nice win over top-10 ranked opponent Colton McChrystal from Nebraska. Um, it was great to see Bo Jordan back on the mat this weekend, picking up two wins this weekend. Um, and the, In one of the marquee matches Friday night against Nebraska, Miles Martin went up against third-ranked and returning national finalist T.J. Dudley, and Miles Martin was finally able to get that win that I think we've all been waiting for from him this year. Wrestled a great match, um, had some great takedowns, and ultimately secured the victory against the third-ranked T.J. Dudley. That's fantastic for him. It couldn't have come at a better time. Um, I think a lot of us Buckeye fans out there are really starting to see him adjust and get acclimated to this weight class. Um, he looked good against Gravina. Um, you know, I know he lost to Bo Nickel last weekend by a score of, a, I think it was 8-2, to two, but, you know, as we discussed last week, you take away those three takedowns, you know, uh, a takedown that occurred at the end of each period within the last eight seconds, and that's a whole different match. Um, So he's starting to turn some corners here, a lot of positive stuff. Um, Friday night also against Nebraska, Colin Moore went out and got a really, really gutsy, gritty win against a fantastic wrestler himself and Aaron Studebaker at 197 pounds. Um, Then today the Buckeyes went up to Minnesota. Um, I'll tell you, one of the best matches or one of the best results from this match was at 125 pounds. Buckeye fans, we all understand the struggles that Jose Rodriguez have has been having over the last month and a half. Um, he was able to get a great win against, I believe, sixth-ranked Ethan Lezak. Um, I believe at one point in this match, he was even down six to nothing. Came back to win that match, twelve to ten, and sudden victory. Fantastic for him. Again, couldn't come. Have come at a better time as we're going into the conference tournament season. Um, other great results in that match, uh, let's see here, of course, Tomasello did his thing. I think he actually picked up the pin in this match against Mitch McKee. That might actually be Tomasello's first pin on the season, so good job to him. Um, Luke Pletcher, unfortunately, went up against a really tough opponent and Tommy Thorne. Um, Pletcher did not come out on the winning side of that match, um, but it's okay. We've seen a lot of bright stuff out of him the past couple of weeks and have no doubt that he's going to be ready to go here. Uh, come Big Ten Conference Tournament as well as the national tournament. Um, let's see here. Uh, Micah Jordan had a great win. I believe he scored a tech fall at 149 pounds. Uh, Bo Jordan back on the mat got another pin, uh, win. I believe it was a first period pin as well. Miles Martin picked up another win. Um, Colin Moore had a rematch at 197 pounds with Brett Farr. Uh, I believe the first match took place in the Cliff Keen Las Vegas finals back in December, a match that Farr actually won 15-7, to I believe. I believe it was a major decision. Um, Moore lost the rematch, but it was by a score of 7-5. to So I think we're really seeing him starting to close the gap on some of those guys, such as Farr, who is better than him. Um, he's turned that into a two-point deficit now. Um, I think this is pretty much going to you know, Depending upon what happens at Big Tens, I think we're going to see him kind of secure that three seed come Nationals. Um, I have no doubt that he's going to see far at least one more time this year. And uh, as a Buckeye homer, I'm, I'm, I'm really starting to believe that he's going to come out on top of that next match. So big things coming from him as well. All right, so that's a quick Buckeye roundup. I'm sorry I had to fly through that. Um, I want to get our guest on as we are going to talk about the 2017 World Cup Um, as I mentioned, the guest is flow wrestling's nomad. Um, sure. You guys follow him on Twitter at wrestling nomad. He is a freestyle and Greco wrestling enthusiast. Um, does a lot of great things for flow wrestling. Um, was very gracious enough to, um, offer to come on and fill in the spot today. So we could do a preview of the 2017 world cup. So let me go ahead and get him on the line and I hope you enjoy what he has to say. All right, Um, I am here on the phone with Dan Lobdell um, of Flow Wrestling. Most of you probably know him as the Wrestling Nomad. Um, I would venture to say he is a freestyle and Greco-Roman savant, more or less, the subject matter expert for Flow Wrestling. Um, Thanks for being here with me today, Dan. Um, We're going to talk some World Cup 2017. I know there's a lot of excitement coming up around this event next weekend, so uh, people are going to definitely be interested to hear what you have to say um so we were just kind
1: of man uh
0: we were just kind of chatting you're on a seven hour drive back i'm assuming from your you were just covering the uh women's college wrestling championships right
1: yep wcwas and uh it was kind of kicking off women's wrestling week usa wrestling uh decided they're gonna do women's wrestling week uh this this week starting on friday it was their third annual and um was I believe the thirteenth or fourteenth women's college national? They started in two thousand four. King four peated and uh, got to, you know got to see a bunch of awesome female wrestlers like Haley Gello, Tamara Menta, Kayla Miracle, Mallory Velty, So. Cool tournament, but uh long drive back to Oklahoma, and I figured I'd uh, hop on and help you guys out with the uh, World Cup
0: review. Yeah, it's greatly appreciated. Unfortunately, uh, my partner decided to take a vacation in the middle of uh, wrestling season, um, so <laughs> <laughs> kind of left me hanging on it this week. Um, so, all right, let's go ahead and talk the World Cup. Uh, this is an event that's taking place, I think, next weekend, February 16th and February 17th. Um, actually, that's yeah. not, that's, that's, what is that? That's in the middle of the week, isn't it?
1: Yeah, it's like Thursday, Friday, and with time difference in, in Iran, it'll probably possibly be like Wednesday night, Thursday night. Got to double check on that. But, yeah, it's, you're you're not going to be missing anything, you know, any college all on the weekends.
0: Right. Um, and this is taking place in, uh, is it Kermanshaw, Iran? Is that yeah, how you say it? Yeah,
1: I believe uh, that's right. It's, it's not in Tehran, which is where – Last time we held the World Cup, it was in Tehran. It's going to be in a different part. And I think that has to do with, I don't know who exactly is funding the World Cup, but, uh, you know, there's kind of some specific Iranian people or one guy doing it. I'm pretty sure he's based out of there, so I think why they be it there this year.
0: Gotcha. Um, Oh, and by the way, let me just add, (laughs) um, this is my first time having a call-in guest, so I am trying to figure this technical stuff out (laughs) on the fly, so if I do have an issue or I do lose you, I will just have to call you back in, so bear with me, be patient with me. Um, All right, so I guess first things first, a lot of controversy surrounding this year's World Cup, Um, doesn't even have to do with the wrestling, Um, a lot of political controversy. Um, do you want to touch base on that sure. for a minute
1: yeah it was um it was pretty crazy um and it was, was kind of interesting because you know we tried you know myself and christian like mal and all of us well you know we tried to do our best to keep you guys up to date because it's world cup's a big deal right and uh concern of jordan burrows and you know, Steve and Snyder are supposed to go and like, all right, well, how, you know, how are we going to look send our A squad over to Iran? And, uh, you know, kind of early on, right after Trump gets inaugurated, this comes down and that's kind of when the questions started happening and then U.S. Wrestling put out this release and said, nope, we're going. Um, and then Iran said, uh, well, Iran never actually officially said, no, you're not coming. It was, it was, a report that came out from the Iranian news agency. Okay. And uh, I was at the Dave Schultz at the time. It was kind of a crazy 24 hours because it all it all kind of got cleared up in about 24 36 hours. And uh, you know, Christian was like, "You got to talk to Zadek and Bender." You know, these are two major players in this. And um, you know, they were very gracious. All out for me about well, we got to go through the Pakistani embassy and the Iranian intersection, you know, all this stuff that has nothing to do with wrestling, right? Visas, travel issues, and uh, to kind of get it cleared up, and they were able to, and in large part because, uh, you know, stuff happened here in America to kind of put a kibosh on the, uh, you know, the, the order for now, and... So, thankfully, pretty much everybody, you know, you follow most of these guys on social media, they're mm-hmm. on their way over there, and some of them might be, already be
0: over there already. Yeah, that's awesome. So, let me ask you this. I mean, kind of in a nutshell, um, our president makes a decision, obviously, that's been, you know, in the news, you know, regarding the, the ban on Muslims right. and immigration and whatnot. Um, it sounds like there was a, a report that came out um, from Iran that said they kind of reciprocated um, what was going on They weren't going to allow the Americans over there And then kind of at the uh, I guess we'll call it the 11th hour Some, you know uh, Something happened here in America Where judges placed an injunction on that And then suddenly Iran um, Allows to go ahead and grant visas To the United States wrestling team going over there um, it, Kind of in a nutshell That's basically what happened, right? Yeah And uh, the,
1: the thing that I kind of saw that Kind of finalized it was. Um, I believe it was Iran's foreign minister uh, Zarif. I believe he tweeted something, put stuff on social media that you know basically we're gonna let the the wrestlers come in. Which, if any of your listeners follow international wrestling at all, like Iranian wrestling fans are incredible. They're nuts. They are second to nuts. Yes. And uh, so it, it's not as though you know obviously they want the Iranians to win when we wrestle then, but like, with they see Jordan Burroughs, you know, it's, it's like Michael Jordan.
0: Right. <laughs> and that's kind of been, you know, like
1: they, go ahead. I was going to say, they, they just, they respect the hell out of him, and they love Datic, and, um, so it's nothing to do with the Iranian wrestling. I just want to, like, it's, people don't know, and It it's nothing to do with the Iranian Wrestling right. Federation and USA Wrestling. Those, they have great relationships. The wrestlers have great relationships with each other, you know, outside of competition. And
2: mm-hmm.
1: it's just our, our our governments, you know, don't always agree, and sometimes it impacts the wrestling. Um, which just Bender, I, I asked Bender. I said, "What's you know, what's the formal process of them saying no?" He's like, "Well, we don't actually know because it's never actually happened before so they've said we couldn't come over."
0: Yeah, I think. Um, Collectively,
1: yeah. yeah,
0: I think there was a piece in the New York Times, and one of the things that they quoted was a was a tweet from Blood Round Wrestling that basically it was a great tweet that said that, you know, going back to like 1990, um, Iran and United States have always done a very good job of keeping politics out of wrestling, um, and unfortunately, right. you know, this was kind of a uh, the first time something like this has happened, and I think that's kind of what it's left everybody like up in you know what's going on, what really happened here, but. Um, let me ask you this: Was there ever any real doubt in your mind that the Americans would not go over there? Was it that serious?
1: Um, I don't think so because you know USA Wrestling came out with that thing kind of probably within a couple days after it said, "No, oh, we're going no matter what." And um, like I said, the USA Wrestling like. Rich Vendor has nothing but good things to say about Iran.
2: Right, right.
1: You know, and he's the, for those of you who don't know, he's the executive director of USA Wrestling. So he's the guy basically steering the ship. Right. And if your captain says, no, we have no problems with them, then, you know, you're fine. And I didn't even really get a chance to think about it all that much because the news came out overnight while I was at the Schultz. I had to then cover the women that day you know, and try and follow it online, and obviously I'm with USA Wrestling, but, you know, Rich Bender and and, uh, Gary Abbott, the head of communications, and Les Gutches, none of them are there that day, because they're taking a million phone calls and talking to every news outlet there is, um, so, no, there wasn't ever, um, it never got above, say, like 30% down in my mind.
0: Good. Like, good. I, I
1: was always leaning towards more that we were going to go. And all the guys seemed to want to go. And, you know, I talked to Stever, and he's like, yeah, man, I'm, I can't wait. So they were all operating under, we're going to go.
0: Awesome. Well, obviously, you know, <laughs> it worked out for the best. We've got our team over there. Um, so let's just kind of talk through this a little bit. You know, again, you um, you know, I am, you know, I'm in tuned more to, you know, wrestling in the United States than I am overseas, obviously. Um, but, so we have two groups. We got Group A, which the United States is in, correct, and then Group B, which Iran is in. Um, and when I'm looking at these groupings, that, uh, when I, when I, when funny.
1: Did, did you see the, uh, the draw?
0: Did I did. And, draw? You know, I, I did, and that's kind of what I wanted to get your opinion <laughs> on here. You know, I'm looking at this okay. Group A. You know, United States is in there with Russia, Georgia, and Azerbaijan. I mean, that just seems like the group of death, if you ask me. Um,
1: Yeah.
0: And then (laughs) then Iran ends up in a group with India, Mongolia, Mongolia, and Turkey. And no offense to any of those, you know, those nations, those teams, but, you know... uh, I guess the average wrestling fan here in the United States is knows that Russia, Georgia, and Azerbaijan are, are powerhouses. So, what are your right. thoughts on that? What are your thoughts on this draw?
1: Um, I thought it was, I thought it was kind of funny that everybody was saying, um, you know, maybe Iran kind of paid for this or bought this one. The video was very awkward. It was just <laughs> the president and. Looked like maybe his executive assistant. There are like oil paintings in the background, right? And, uh, yeah, there wasn't a lot of production to it. And I think it's kind of one of those things where United World Wrestling is starting to realize that they need to put this stuff out for not only transparency's sake, but to get people psyched up. Like think about Selection Sunday for college basketball, right? Yeah, it's like oh a yeah. The whole the whole, produ- whole five, six, seven hour production, you mm-hmm. know, mm-hmm. and uh, the World Cup is. You know, I keep talking about Rich Bender, but uh, Bender says it's his favorite competition. He just thinks it's it's awesome, and uh, but yeah, the video was, was kind of awkward. I don't know if, if Iran, you know, kind had anything to do to influence the group, but uh, yeah, we're going to start off with Georgia and then hit Russia and then Azerbaijan. Um, so that's going to be interesting. You know, it's not like India. Turkey and Mongolia aren't tough. It's just they don't have the the depth, you the know, depth. top to bottom lineup wise. Mongolia right. obviously has good guys. Turkey has Akul who's you know best heavyweight in the world, but top to bottom they don't have the the strength to go eight matches with Iran.
0: Exactly. Exactly. So um so what are your thoughts on the team that the United States is sending out? When I when I look over this team, I mean it, let's just go through it here. At fifty seven kilograms, we've got Tony Rabos and Nayhawn Garrett. Um, at 61, we've got Logan Stieber and Jason Ness. And at 65, we're sending out um, our Olympic representative, Frank Molinaro. Um, at 70 kilograms, we've got James Green and Jordan Oliver. At 74, we've got Jordan Burroughs and Alex Dieringer, um, which I want to come back to that in a second. Um, 86 kilograms, we've got David Taylor and Richard Perry. And then obviously Kyle Snyder at 97 kilograms, and then Gwizowski and Zachary at 125 kilograms. Um, from my perspective, this looks like a team that can be very competitive over there this year.
1: Yeah. I mean, we, we basically sent all our ones and twos. <laughs> right? Like, Ramos, two years in a row in the finals, or three years in a row in the finals, 57. Two of those years he wins it. Zebra wins World. Nair is our Olympian, Green World medalist. He has been the guy at seventy. Burroughs is obviously a goat. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, Taylor and Perry, I mean, if Jaden Cox doesn't wrestle this year,
2: uh-huh. there's
1: your finals. If Cox doesn't wrestle, you know they're they're both still going to be on the, on the the world team ladder top three. Right. Snyder. Niners and the full That's what you say about that. And then Quiz and Ray, everybody expects them to be in the finals um, at at 125. So I first heard about the team at uh, at the scuffle.
0: Okay. I was talking
1: to one of our wrestlers, and he's like, dude, have you seen the lineup? And I said, no, I've been, you know, I've been kind of busy with college stuff. And they're like, oh, it's fire. And uh, so I we kind of went through. I kind of guessed the lineup. And from right then on, I, I just felt confident that, this could be our year, and, I, you know, I'm going into this. I said it on, let's just we're going to win
0: the World Cup this year. Yeah, I saw that. I saw you tweeted that, that out. Team. Yeah. Bold statement. I mean, especially considering that the group we're in, but, I mean, I love to hear it. So, um, one, one question, a couple questions I want to ask you. One, um, so we're sending out Jordan Burroughs and Alex Deeringer. Is there any reason why we wouldn't have might have seen a Kyle Dake in there instead of a Deeringer?
1: Um, it's it's a couple things. One being, Doeringer uh, is kind of a guy that Titan Mercury's pushing right now because Oklahoma State finally took him off the chain. Right? You see him. We saw him at Club's Cup. We saw him at last year's World Cup.
2: Uh uh-huh.
1: um, We saw him in Paris, and uh, Dake's kind of more focusing on Burrows right now and, and making sure he's healthy for that because dude's been injured a lot.
0: Yes, he has.
1: You know, and um, it just kind of worked out that it was going to be him, it was going to be Deeringer going to us, you know, uh, going for us to Iran. Nate's never done the World Cup, so I don't know if that's necessarily something that high on his priority list just personally or if he feels it kind of would get in the way of his training cycle. mm mm-hmm. um, I don't know that we're gonna see Daringer anyway. I don't know that we would have seen Kyle Dake
2: since right.
1: George Burrow's return. You might want all you know, all four of those matches. Yeah,
0: that makes sense. But
1: I yeah, I wouldn't read too much into it, especially considering, you know, we just saw that Dake beat Daringer, so there's no reason to believe that Dake is gonna be anything but the two seed um, of trial.
0: Okay. Yeah, I mean I think you know, you're exactly right and this is something I was discussing with uh, Ben on one of our previous podcasts was, you know, sometimes, you know, these wrestlers that are, you know, phenomenal in college and then they, they leave college and we don't hear about them often, we, they kind of they kind of fall off the radar a little bit, kind of like Dake has done the past year with all of his injuries. But, you know, what we saw him do against Deeringer in Paris, I mean, that shows you what a healthy Date can do. Um it's going to be very interesting in the future to see who represents the United States at that seventy-four kilogram weight class, because I think you know we've got three very very strong guys at that class. Um, and part and- of me even thinks that Alex Deeringer might be you know kind of the future future for the United States at that weight class. Um, I would say okay. his his ceiling is so high right now. Um, so let's let's go ahead and get into this. I you know I think we've got round one. We've got round one versus Georgia. How do you see this playing out?
1: Uh, definitely happy that Conchigashvili is not going because it, it's, you know, looking at an international duel is no, looking, no different than looking at a college duel, right? You're kind of going, where are the toss-ups, where are the guaranteed wins on each side? And the reason Georgia has always been tough duel-wise is because they have Gino and Conchigashvili. So, unless the they're wrestling Turkey – where there's Akul and shows weight class, you, you walk in and go, George is up 2 nothing, Okay. Right right off the bat. Okay. So you take that away, um, and in place you put Steber at 61, so you go, all right, well, we we're going to win 61, we're going to win 74, um, we're probably going to lose 125, and then no offense to my boys, Quiz, and Ray, just, you know, Gino's the guy, second-best heavyweight in the world. Um, we 57 is going to be interesting.
0: Who do you see going for the United States in that match?
1: I got to think that they're going to lead off with Ramos. Okay. I don't think, you know, especially with Nation losing to Pirelli at the Schultz.
0: Yeah. That was a shocker. You
1: know, they, right, there's, there's some, some questions about where Nation is right now. He didn't. You know, he didn't do super great in November at the Bill Fairley lost left Cody Brewer up to 61. So, there's kind of some questions right now. And if you're trying to win a World Cup, you know, first match of the day is not necessarily when you go, want to go, all right, get some experience here. <laughs> right. Um, Good point. 65, um narrow. <laughs> so, this is where 65 is where you see kind of the difference between the United States opinion on the World Cup and, and some other countries. Um, Georgia is looking at this developmentally. So they're sending a kid, uh, Iverico Julikidze, Yep. who was a, a cadet Euro champ last year.
0: Okay, so he's young.
1: So, right. So you, you're starting to see, you know, the last few months you've seen the cadets, especially like the, the Japanese girl cadets doing really well. But you're mm-hmm. starting to see the, the, the guys and girls who were third-year cadets last year who are now in their first-year juniors. First year of juniors is when you're 18, right? So that's when you can start entering senior level stuff. Okay. So this is where they're going. You're going to prepare for juniors by doing all the senior level stuff.
0: Interesting. So Basically how
1: that
0: works. So you're seeing. I mean, in your opinion, at 65, I mean, Molinero should. I mean, is is Molinero above this? Above the level of this this the young guy that they're bringing out there?
1: Yeah, for sure. Okay. And, I mean, I think Molinero proves last year he's the best in the world. You know, at Rio, he was an inch away from beating the defending world champion, getting that bronze medal. And yeah, I don't see any reason to think that you know he's going to lose this one. So you figure we're up two-one there after three matches. We're gonna we're bringing Green and Oliver, so our one and two against Georgia's three and four.
0: Okay. And
1: Green's already beaten their one, so you figure a win there why would you ever pick against Burrows? Exactly. Even at the Olympics last year when he, you know, didn't have his best day, you should not pick it against him. Um, 86 is interesting. So David Taylor, obviously everybody has known David Taylor since he was a little kid. And, like, how much of him did you get to watch? I don't know how long you've been in Ohio. I know you guys are Ohio guys. Did you see a lot of him in high school? We
0: saw a ton of him. So David Taylor is actually – he uh you know, he went to Graham, which is probably about thirty minutes away from here where we're located at. Um yeah, we saw a lot of his matches, obviously saw him at the state tournament every year, saw what he did at Iron Man. So we followed his career. I mean, we followed his career since he was in junior high, more or less. Um and kinda you know, he started his high school career off with a bang when he and him and Logan Stever met in the you know, the finals of the Iron Man. That was one of the great <laughs> you know, if if people knew back then how right. great those guys were going to be now, you know it's really you know really a special match. But yeah, we we followed him for quite a while.
1: Right. So you know everybody's known David Taylor and obviously his struggles with Kyle Dake, But it seems that Taylor's committed to eighty six and Dake's committed to seventy four now. Dave or uh, Taylor struggled when he first went up to eighty six, but now he's got some wins under him, and uh, this will be interesting. It's a uh, the guy, Marcy So, think of like Caden Zilmer, Bills, right, okay. like real tall, real tall dude. Yep. And uh, you know, he was an Olympic medalist in 2012. Hasn't been, uh, hasn't been as good lately. He, he, he is big. He was a 97 for a little while. So, even full seed Taylor might might have some trouble uh, with Marcy So that one's kind of a toss up. But no, Oda for George at 97, who is uh, – if you guys didn't watch the Olympics, Otakadze has always wrestled Snyder tough. They had a real close match last year at World Cup.
0: Okay. Chris Snyder
1: had to come back, and then he beat Snyder at the World Clubs Cup, which Titan Mercury, still ended up winning. Um, but no, Otakadze means that you should get a win from Snyder. So, at that point, we're looking at five wins.
0: So, five but out Five out of eight, right?
1: Yeah, yeah. We're gonna get. We should get five wins and, and win this one. It's gonna, you know, it's gonna be close. Not gonna be fun. But, <laughs>
0: no, there's um, definitely no give me's in this in this uh, group that they put us in.
1: Right. Uh, so I think we're gonna start off with a win, but I, I, I think that might be our toughest duel. Really. To start off.
0: Okay.
1: Yeah, Russia. I don't want to say they don't care about the World Cup, but they don't care about the World Cup.
0: It's just not as high on and, their priority list, I take it.
1: Yeah, they just—it's just not their thing. They don't—they don't host it a lot. They don't—they don't send their A guys to it a lot. Um, just not, and especially so close after the Uregan, you know, where Uregan is kind of how they pick their team for Euros. So they're kind of getting their training ready for that and then you got to go to the world cup and there's one way in for two days it's just, it's just kind of an awkward thing if you're not fully bought in and invested so
0: gotcha they,
1: they just don't they just not one of the things I mean, Obviously, they're gonna be the annoying thing about russia is <laughs> they're still good right <laughs> right it's it's i mean just like how deep is Graham? Is Graham that deep where they can kind of send their backup sometimes and they're still beating up on people?
0: You know, I, I to be honest, I'd say that in some years, they probably have a couple of weight classes where, where they can do that. But from my experience, uh, you know, they're, yes, they do have a very, very great program, as everybody knows. But um, they're usually pretty starter heavy, if that makes sense.
1: Yeah.
0: Okay.
1: So, I, uh, Go ahead.
0: No, I'm so in my opinion, you know, just from where I'm looking at, it seems like one of the things that the United States has lacked in, in years past is depth. And and even in some years we've even lacked star power. And to me, right. it, you know, I'm thinking and maybe this is me being overly optimistic or even being naive, but it seems to me that United States wrestling is in a very good spot right now and the future looks pretty bright. I think that we have obviously our star power with the Burrows and the Snyders. Um, I'm even going to go ahead and throw a Logan Steuber out there. Um, you know, you got other guys that have meddled James Green and things like that, that, that you've mentioned, but um, I'm also seeing some depth at some of these weight classes as well. Would you, would you, would you agree or disagree with that? Oh
1: no, I totally agree. And I mean, the shell that Bruce Burnett left Bill Zadek. And I don't mean shell like just erupting the shell for himself. I mean, like, the foundation is there. And if you don't believe me, in Bill Zadek's first few months of the job, he had a world champion, he's Regan champ.
0: <laughs> it's pretty good right, first like, two like, months. Wrap your
1: head around that. Right. Yeah, exactly. And uh, now I think he's going to get a World Cup title. And that has a lot to do with they had a... Uh, it wasn't super easy, but, you know, had a good transition from Zeke to, to Bruce to, to kind of ride out the Olympics so that mm-hmm. they could make sure they had the right guy. And they got the right guy mm-hmm. in Bill's attic. And him and Coach Slay spent the better part of a decade building up our developmental program, our university program, our juniors, and our cadets. And that, to me, is the biggest difference. And now... The juniors are ready to go. Yes. The come up and want to wrestle juniors. You know, guys are getting experience at universities. They're not doing world team trials, you know, junior senior world team trials. Everybody's wrestling freestyle in the summer a little more, and everybody's paying attention to freestyle during college season a little more. And It's just an obvious that we're way deeper now.
0: Yeah, I mean, even from a you know a cadet and junior perspective, I I seem to notice us we are winning more medals at the cadet and junior levels, more world medals than 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 what it seems like we have in years past. Yeah, I mean, it, I,
1: I thought we were going to win cadet world this year as a team. I and I'm usually, what uh bullet bear, pretty usually bearish on, on our.
0: It's bull <laughs> bullish. <I> just, <laughs>
1: Is it both. Yeah, I don't know. I'm just. I'm usually down on our teams because, um, because I just know where the the other countries are in particular Eastern Europe. But when I saw our draws, when I saw our cadet team, I our cadet men's freestyle team, I thought we were going to win, and you know we actually didn't, we fell a couple points short of Russia. But that's where we're looking in the future, where guys are, you know, they've beaten Russia before. And they're going to beat them as a team at some point at the age level. And they're going to beat them at some point in the World Cup. And it's just going to carry over and be like, you know, we beat them at, in Rio. We finished ahead of them in Rio. If, if points were scored, if points were kept, Azerbaijan was one, Iran was two, we were three, Russia was four. Mm-hmm. And people are going to figure out, like, Russia's not invincible. They're just damn close to it.
0: Right. All right, so let's talk about this matchup then with Russia in the uh, in round two. Um, in round one, you have us five matches to three, basically. In your opinion, with uh, Georgia, um, what are you seeing as our as our definite sh- you know should wins against Russia, and where are you seeing the ma- you know the the matches that we're going to have some issues at?
1: Um, so obviously, seventy four. Like I'm not I'm not picking against Burroughs. At all. Cazoya's not there. And also, real quick sidebar yeah. before you get into their roster. Everything that we've seen out of Russia, to me, indicates that is going 86 and is going 97.
2: Okay. Like,
1: which should very much psych up wrestling fans that we're going to see Kyle Snyder and Live in, in Paris. Uh, if not sooner. I hope sooner that be amazing. But anyway. I mean that's the uh, match everybody wants to gonna... see, right? Right. Yeah, that's I think that's everyone's number one fantasy matchup in the world right now. Right. But uh seven seventy four, you know, they have Santa who uh we saw him at Club's cup. Um good guy. He did well your Egan, but there a things to be Burrows. Uh 97, again, the reason I say we're going to see that Jalev go up. We saw both the tie up at 125 in Yuregan. Kedisov and Gonzalo for all intents and purposes, are retired. So um, probably going to see Belinowski there, who couldn't even make the finals against Snyder and Euregan. So um, not worried about that. Not worried about 70. With um, 70, they just really kind of threw up their hands. Two guys that even I don't know a whole lot about. Um, probably the guru, Seth Batara does. I know you were talking to him about getting on here. I want to see if he can do some more covers for us. That, dude, that dude's a man. I love Seth.
0: Yeah. I, um, I, I'm glad you said that. Um, you know, we've been communicating a lot with Seth recently, and I'll tell you, that guy. I mean, he knows his stuff, like, absolutely knows his stuff, so I hope at some point in time we can get him on, or you can, you can get him doing something down there with you guys, because he sure has a passion for this uh, uh, Russian and international style of wrestling man.
1: He, uh, he just, he told me, he's like, I will just watch hours of tape, like, Paco Garns, but, uh, you know, and that's, like, that's my dude, he, I, I kinda, noticed him early on, like, man, this kid paid attention, you guys what's up, and. Uh, like I said, I'm going to try and get him to do some World Cup stuff first. Try and get him to do some stuff first going forward.
0: Sweet. But
1: even if, even if I don't get to work with him professionally, I know people are going to be after him. I hope I get to work with him. But uh, either way, I'm support of what that dude does. And you guys should follow him, too, because he, especially with me working the flow now, and I don't always get to, you know, not every weekend I don't get to kind of catch up on the international because I'm at an event, you know, he... He's one of those guys. That's just incredible
0: follow when it comes to this stuff. He, he, um, yeah, you're right. Like, I mean, I'll be honest with you. Again, we we pay more attention, or at least myself, more attention to college, um, D1 college wrestling. But just following Seth on Twitter, man. You know, he really kind of tunes you into what's going on. I love his rankings. I love the way he, you know, his analysis of the rankings. So, you know, I'm gonna we're gonna continue to try to get him on at some point, maybe to do a kind of a post-cap follow-up of the World Cup or something. But, yeah, I hope you can find something for him to do with you guys down there.
1: Yeah, man, me too. Um, But, anyway, looking at the duel, I I got us winning 70. I'm not working my way back for some reason. 65, again, like, Walnero had an amazing World Cup for us last year. Um, He's probably going to have Gugaev, who – he's a guy who's been – been the world's representative for Russia before. He's kind of an older guy, and with uh, with them, we haven't seen a lot of their top guys. You know, Mikhailov won non Olympic weight world seventy. Uh, Romanov hasn't hasn't wrestled since the Olympics. Uh, excuse me, Kovalyov won non Olympic weight world. Mikhailov won Ureign. So if it's not those guys, they don't terribly worry me against a guy like Paul Narrow. Um, an interesting one's going to be at 61, so we're going to have Otar Sultanov, 2012 Olympic champ, taking on the freshly minted 61 kilo world champ, Logan Stever. That's what everybody should get excited about. Otar Soltanov beat Shigashvili back in the uh, Looking at 57, that's going to be a hard one for us, because did you get to watch any Regan this year or last year?
0: I did not, no. It's on too late, man.
1: <laughs> so, <laughs> it is on pretty late. So, um, we're going to see either Artem Gevkoff, who is one of those guys who I think 57 might be Russia's deepest weight. Okay. Um, and he's a guy who, if, if we're not careful, we're going to get thrown. Uh, or we're going to see uh, Avikarov. Who he was like one of the surprise guys at Jurgen this year, in um, 57. Like when I was kind of looking at the quarterfinals, and semis, and kind of going, okay, I expected that, I expected that. Um, didn't expect him. He's one of those. He's one of those guys that Russia has that kind of shows up for Russian nationals in Jurgen, and you kind of forget about him the rest of the year. Uh huh. Um, so going to be interesting. I, I, I'm having trouble taking us in 57. Um, Eighty-six. Got Valiev and Taylor.
0: Are you expecting it to about be Taylor
1: against? I'm I'm worried about Taylor against the Russian. I haven't you know we haven't seen him. I would have loved to have seen him go to, Eureg uh, instead of Paris. So kind of worried about his first time around with him, um, and then 25. I'm having trouble picking America because Gwiz lost to uh, Magomedov Magomedov was the guy who won who won um, Russian Nationals last year okay they sent Makov. yes and he beat he beat Gwiz in Poland I believe so I'm thinking we're probably going to see that grade that match since Gwiz has that loss
0: now what was that so lo- it's
1: going to be close but I think we're going to go 5-3 again
0: okay now, was that loss that Gwiz had, was it I mean I mean I'm assuming you've seen the match. Is it is it a result that can be flipped? Or I mean is it something where this guy is just substantially better than us?
1: Um, I don't remember the match exactly, but if memory serves correctly, it was a one point match. Okay. And a lot of Gwiz's losses right now, and he knows this is something we talk about, like they're just they're not. Um, they're not like man. He got his ass kicked,
2: <laughs> right? They're not. Right. Wow.
1: We're gonna have. To, we're gonna have to just completely change things up here. It's little things. He, he you know, it, in Dragan, he kind of got rolled up and kind of lost his seat, and in some ways, for himself, right? I think last year it was kind of a shot clock issue in Poland. So it's not like is out here getting his ass whooped. He's just uh, taking some losses. That I know frustrate him, but that are fixable, learnable. Um, I, I I think you're kind of on the same page as me. Where when you look at a rematch, you look at how replicable is the win.
0: Exactly. Right? How did
1: the guy score his points? Was it off counters, or was it off his offense? Was it off, you know, was it off a big move? Was there a four point throw? You know, or both styles, or five or six, or is it, uh, you know, he just down four times, there's
0: nothing we can do. Right is that where you are. Yeah, no, it's a good point. Like the, the last, you know, freestyle match that I watched was the, you know, the Dakin Deeringer match. Um, and when That's I right. watched that match, it was one of those things where be- before the match occurred, I was thinking this is gonna be a good close match. Um, but. Yeah. When the match was over, I mean, we saw Dake score off of his shots. We saw Dake score off of Deeringer's shots. We saw, I mean, it was just complete. He scored in every position, and it was one of those things where if I'm analyzing that afterwards, I'm thinking, wow, that's not something where I'm thinking that's a a result that can be easily flipped in the future. No offense to Deeringer whatsoever. um, But that's different than going out and losing a one-point match or a match that was, you know, one on the shot clock or something along those lines.
1: And you know, you—I almost wish we had gotten to see Deeringer on top because, um, like, Dake is, uh, Dake is one of our better guys in parterre in this country, and I don't think Deeringer's gonna be able to turn him. Uh, now we didn't see Dake hit a, a gut against Deeringer, but he got that kind of short lace on the edge right. near the end of the first period, and so it's like, well, he got. Two takedowns, a turn. He got a crotch lift. We got three takedowns, actually. <laughs> and, uh, you know, Mike Mal did. Mike Mao's so good coming up with original content. I need to steal more of his brain. But he did mind over Mal. And, you know, he, he kind of broke down where Dake was pulling his elbows back. Right. And, obviously, Oklahoma State, you know, where they're known for their, for their elbow control. Slickness, and, oh, yeah. Um, elbow bind. Dake, yep. Yep, and uh like basically said Dave wanted to keep doing her off balance, not let him get to his elbows. He did just that. Um, so kind of a uh like you said, difficult to see that one going any other way next time around. Um, but yeah, looking at looking at the the World Cup match we were talking about. It's again it's not gonna be fun, but I think we have too much firepower. We just have too many of our aides. Too many of our guys are going to be locked in. Too many of our guys are going to be even one. Good. And, uh, we're going to be Russia five three, and it's going to get in everybody's head like, oh man, the
0: United States can beat Russia. Yeah, we can't, guys. Right, that's good. I mean, so so so, so you've got a five three U.S. over Georgia. You've got a five three U.S.A. over Russia. Let's talk about Azerbaijan. They're uh. In my limited knowledge, they're always a team that kind of, I don't want to say scares me, but, uh, you know, you know they're going to, you know, they usually bring a good team, correct?
1: Right. And, well, that's the thing with Azerbaijan is, um, so if you look at, you know, no gold medals, but if you look at the team scoring, Azerbaijan would have won the Olympics if they kept team scores. And, um, uh, but last year, also, my favorite moment of last year's World Cup, which I didn't get to go, but, you know, I was listening to it and watching it, was we kicked the crap out of Ash last year. I don't know if you remember you watched it, but we shut them out. And somewhere in the middle, I don't know if it was after 65 or after 70 or after 61, whatever it was, but the forum's going nuts. And you hear they're kind of like pulled back, you hear Rich Bender right behind Vader. Oh, and he goes. Hey, Bader, you like apples? Yeah. How about them apples? And he, like I said, Bender just loves the World Cup. He was having a ball. We were killing Shot. Um So I'm kind of hoping we just kind of get on that same roll as last year, and uh, just kind of uh, I mean, if we show that Ashby Shot again going into the finals, it'd be huge.
0: That would be that um, would be very huge.
1: But, Looking at their team, I see a lot of, again, the difference between how USA looks at and how other countries look at developmental guys. Okay. So last year, I don't know if you remember how Varner bumped up the heavyweight last year. Right. At the World Cup, and he wrestled, um, had junior world champ at heavyweight last year, and Varner kind of beat up on him good. But you're going to see a couple more of their kind of future guys here, like, uh, Tully Manoff, who's the, the kid who wrestled Mark Hall in the Junior World Semis. And Tully Manoff is, like, ridiculously dirty. <laughs> like, he'll, he'll poke you in the is eye. It... He'll call for a brick to get out of a bad situation. He'll, you know, grab your singlet. Like, the kid's got tricks, man. The kid's got a lot of tricks to him.
0: Now, correct me if I'm wrong. That was the guy. If I Okay, so... Hall eventually won that match. And if I remember correctly, uh-huh. if I remember correctly, the interview with Brandon Slay basically said that they had coached Hall up on all the, basically all the dirty tricks that this guy was going to come at you with. And it was more or less keep your composure, know it's coming, and just continue right. to get to your offense. And Hall did a pretty good job at that. Well, and the, the one
1: that, that kind of sticks out for me as well, and I didn't even mention it, was like 45 seconds left. Um, so may not... Goes to shake Hall's hand. And you're like, well, that's weird. <laughs> and you just know that he was going to pull him in and try to blast double him, and Hall didn't take the bait. And do you forget, Hall wrestled in the year before 2015 Junior World. made was up the whole time, and then Hall hit the inside trip to pin him and win. So this kid is somebody who, like, kind of going in the last two worlds, had a very realistic shot of winning, and is probably either number two or, you know, a couple results could different, could be the guy that they sent to Paris this year for Senior World. You know, he went up and beat um, uh, Arson Aliev for Russia, who was their 86-killer uh champ last year.
0: Uh-huh.
1: So, silly man, A is huge, B is young, and C is, uh, you yeah, know, he's 30. So you know, I don't think Burrows is gonna have any trouble with them but he's gonna he's gonna do some things track frustrate Burrows for sure.
0: Sure. For sure. sure. So in looking at uh, this another match guy, Oh go ahead, I'm sorry.
1: Yeah. I was gonna say another guy who's still pretty young for them, who they've kind of built up is uh, uh, Amir Slanoff who Amir Slanov was the guy when essentially made his first cadet world team he hit a cutback on Spencer twice. You know he he's won some age level world titles. You know had some medals there. He was their guy for them a couple years ago. He they have their two their two top guys at 57 in my opinion. It's Rashville, who used to be from Georgia. So I could see them using this as you know one of the criteria of who they send at 57 this year. Okay. Um, Do we have 51, any experience? They have, uh,
0: uh, do we have any experience with either Ramos or Garrett wrestling Amir Shlanoff?
1: I don't believe so because I don't believe Tony's gone to the Golden Grand Prix and with Golden Grand Prix being in Baku, that's, that's also where you see a lot of series because they just, you know, they set the maximum number of guys in each weight. Uh, so kind of 57 you know, all day is going to be going to be tough for us like it has been over the last several years. right? Um, 61 is where it gets interesting because you have Golden Grand Prix champ in g analog, and also that guy Haji who won the two world titles in 2014, 2015. Okay. So this is where we're going to know if Logan Steber is the dude <laughs> at 61 or not. Let's hope so. I mean, Haji made that insane cut down in 57. He's so sucked out Rio, lost to Kijishvili. He's beaten Kijishvili before at 61. You know, if if they do it the same way they did it last year, we're going to wrestle them in the morning on day two, and there's no second-day way in the World Cup.
0: Oh, he's okay.
1: So, you know, Aliyev, he shouldn't be an issue because Steve wrestled for so many years in 65. Right but Aliyah certainly isn't going to be much smaller than Stieber, smaller at all.
0: Gotcha. Gotcha. So that's, in your opinion, would that match be the marquee match in this uh, in this round?
1: That might be in terms of the guys who are at this tournament. I mean, that might be the marquee match of the whole freaking tournament.
0: Oh, well, there you have it, people. Logan Stieber versus Haji Aliyah. Look out for that match, man. I know as Buckeye homers, we love... We love watching Stever wrestler. We love watch, watching uh, Snyder wrestle. So, you know, that's going to be an interesting one for us to follow there. Um, so, and, and over, yeah. overall with this match, you, we got, you got us 5-3 to three in the other two. Where do you got us in this one?
1: So, this one, um, as I'm going through it here, worried about 57, worried about 61. Um, 65, I think. Molnar can win. He beat, uh, he beat Muzumov last year. So I'm wondering if they're going to send out, uh, Gajiev this time. Well, I believe Gajiev has beaten Molnaro before, but that was whatever clicked for Molnaro last year and kind of ended 2015.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: That was that loss was before that happened. Um, looking up at 70, I'm gonna see a guy like Omarov who's green. Um, Green can be, I already mentioned, I got Burr's winning. 86, man. Okay, so Sharif Sheriffov wins the Olympics in 2012 okay. at 84 kilos. He won Worlds the previous year. He beat the, if I saw wrestling quoter's tweet, I think it was yesterday. Sharifov beat Kale in 2011 when Kale made his comeback. Okay, And he was up at 97 for the entire quad like, nah, I'm not, I'm not cutting weight. I'm out cutting weight. And, uh, which is weird because he couldn't make the team because Gazimov was over him, the guy who Snyder beat in the final. Uh, but here's another example of why I think Sad July is going to 97. Sheriff Fox coming cutting down to 86 for the World Cup. Now, why would he do that <laughs> unless he thought he could win a world title this year and that this is going to be his first try, you know, plus two kilos? See how
0: I do that makes sense, makes sense,
1: right? Is he so send- Taylor's gonna have trouble with that one? I mean, it's, no matter who they send out, go see Everett and Sheriff going As by John, has two hammers. That he
0: to Speaking of that, is you know, obviously Taylor's you know, he's done an admiral job kind of building up to that weight class. Should we expect to see Taylor pretty much undersized in the majority of his matches? Okay. For
1: sure. And, I mean, this is going to be, like, an amazing litmus test for Taylor. Mm-hmm. He's got Marsha Gishvili, Sherepov. Um, this will be his first match against a Russian. Like, absolutely, this is going to tell us so much about David Taylor going forward this year and, you know, whether or not he's going to be the guy, even if Cox comes to wrestle at the trial.
0: Good. Okay. David Taylor does well
1: here, American fans should be very excited about 86 for, you know, come August.
0: Awesome. Awesome. Um, All right, I think you already said that you expect a victory out of Snyder at 97, correct?
1: Yeah. and then um, 25 again. Looks like Magomedov is going to be their guy and not too – he doesn't scare me too much against or Ray. so this is another one where uh, I kind of see them all going the same way. They're going to be close, but I would say we're favored, and more more things have have to go right for the other team, and uh, just too much firepower, and we just care too much about the World Cup, hey. where I don't think the other the other countries do as much. And if it's like, Fever, we need you to beat Haji Aliyev. Well. Now is, you know, I have more confidence in winning in the World Cup against Aliyah than at, uh, you know, at, uh, in Paris, gotcha. I would say. Gotcha. Because of what, what, what we put in the World Cup, how these guys prepare for it.
0: Perfect. All right, so assuming we are victorious in this group and we clear to go to the finals, I would, I'm going to guess that you would venture to expect us to see Iran, Correct.
1: Iran. Yep. And
0: do um, do Iran. Right. How do we stack up against Iran?
1: Um Iran is the one I didn't get to uh to look at. And I'm actually going to take a break driving right now cuz I'm probably going to get some food after we hang up here. <laughs> um but with the uh, Mr. Ron, let me see if I can get them pulled up. I believe Yasani Chirati is going, which that's going to be fun. He uh, he did very well at World Cup. So once again, um, you know him or Karemi. Karemi was their 2015 bronze medalist. He's their Olympian. So once again, David Taylor, easy match for him. If they throw Rich Perry in at all, mm-hmm. it's going to be a good litmus test for Rich as well. Um, that I, it's uh. We could, we could go 0-4 there. And it's not because Perry and, and Taylor aren't good and they don't do well overseas. It's because that's that might be the toughest weight there. Gotcha. Um, but let me see. I should be able to get Iran's lineup pulled up. Yeah, Iran take, usually does a good
0: job. Take your time. I'm actually pulling it up myself on uh, UWW's website.
1: So... I'm looking at the old one. Correct me if there are any wrong ones. So, Rahimi and Sarmasti are going for them at 57, right? Uh, Let me pull it up. I'm almost there. Here we go. Which, you know, we've seen the, we've seen Ramos wrestle Rahimi a bunch.
0: Yeah, you're right. They did. They've they've always. Go ahead. Finish. Yeah, they got those two. Yeah, they got Rahimi. Rahimi and and Sarmasti. Um actually I'm only seeing one at the only one I see at 57 that they have on their roster is Rahimi. Oh, wait but Nope. Nope. Yeah. Um, Sar Sarmas dedagia Yeah. Okay. I'll so, but, I'll butcher these names all day.
1: <laughs> Ramos has never beaten Rahimi and you know, he's their guy for a reason. So, uh, kind of expect him to win there. Um, 61, Stieber had that amazing, amazing match with uh, Ishmael Poor at at the World Championships. Right. Yeah, was it close? For sure. Is it going to be hard to beat them in Iran? Absolutely. (laughs) But Logan Stever is Logan and The only one that I have doubts about is the Hadjaliyev match.
0: Gotcha. Yeah, Stever's a gamer, man. He's definitely a gamer. So what are you seeing exactly. at uh what are, um, you, what are you seeing at sixty uh sixty five? So they're probably gonna send
1: Nassiri. Who Nassiri was Nasiri's a guy who's like he's won Iranian trials before and they've not sent him and then they finally sent him last year because um oh his name's escaping Oh Mohammed was injured. Mm hmm. And the series kind of one of those guys that Iranian fans like, and then doesn't do super well at the world level. Um, it, it, it's one of those toss up matches because Masiri could kind of go bonkers in front of the home crowd and like tech Molnar, And you know, then we're going to have 30,000 Vuvuzelas and <laughs> everybody's going to be going crazy. Right. But more likely Molnar going to do Molnar things and frustrate him and, you know, get a shot clock point point get him off the ground, throw them down for four and win like five, three, five, four.
0: Hey, I'll take that.
1: Um, who's Connie is another guy, you know, James Green, he's on the best 70 kills in the world. The best version of James Green, I don't think was out there in, in December. I don't know if it was because of the awkwardness, of the training site, on the cycle like he was peaking in December, but, um, James Green is the best guy, and if he acts like the best guy, he's going to go undefeated. Um, Yaramadi is is the the guy who who wrestled Mark Hall in the Junior World Finals. Okay. So no reason to pick against Jordan Burroughs. We've been talking a lot about David Taylor, 86. I mentioned um, Yassani Charadi or or Karimi. Both of those guys are um, extremely tough that I could very easily see us getting a loss there. Um, they have the junior world champ at 97 in Shabazi. And I know that Snyder just lost to Han at the Clubs Cup. But once again, no reason to pick against Snyder. And um, look, Gwiz beat Hadi to win the Clubs Cup for Titan Mercury. Okay. um, hottie's not going. He lost this kid in a heavy, who is probably their number two. I'd say this is their one and two right now one twenty five. Wouldn't it just be incredible poetic justice if quiz beats hottie to win the club's cup and then beats Kaseemi to win the World cup for us? uh
0: yeah, it would definitely add some uh add some flair to this this uh the World cup this year for the United States. So, I mean, again, so, you're looking I, at... About a... I, I
1: can see this one 4-4, yeah.
0: Now, how big of a factor do you think the home crowd advantage with the the Irani fans? I mean, those guys are crazy. Second to none, probably, you know, in, in the world when, it comes to, when to, it comes to fans. And I guess, you know, one of the things that I truly appreciate about them is not only their passion for their, their own country sport, but they really show respect to other countries as well when, you know, guys that you know, yeah. they'll, they'll latch on to those guys that are really giving some pretty, uh, gutsy performances. So do you think home crowd advantage is going to play a big factor into this?
1: Massive. Like when I was talking to Zadik and he said this in a couple other interviews, he was saying, you know, 13,000 seat arena, but there's no fire codes. <laughs> and, uh, he's like, he, he's like, you couldn't see concrete, man. There, you couldn't see railings. There was just bodies. And that there's a two-hour break. There's there's a, a full break where they were not wrestling. They weren't warming up. There's no one on the mats. And they were still chanting. And they're still going crazy. Wow. So, is that intimidating? Yeah. I mean, that's like Carver-Hawkeye on its best day. You know, <laughs> whatever whatever your American team is, whatever, you know, your first sports or your college team is, whatever their home field advantage is, is probably not as good as Iran's. At the World
0: Cup, I believe they that. probably
1: don't live and die for it as much as Iranian fans do with the World Cup.
0: Well, it should be interesting to see how this plays out. I think, um, I think as you've been able to kind of convey here, this is a great year for the United States team. Um, really good opportunity to, to not only win our group, but you know, if things match up good for us, we can we can possibly you know if we face Iran, you know, win that win that match as well to kind of be the 2017 World Cup champions. Um, I'm picking up that yeah. you are definitely of the opinion that this is our year to do it. So uh, let's yeah, see. Yeah,
1: it's, it's like uh, with a with a college dual team where, you know, yeah, there's a couple toss-ups, but a team like, you know, Penn State, the reason they're winning duels right now is, you know, they got three, four guys where you go in and you go, we're going to win these matches and we're, right. we're possibly going to even probably even gonna get bonus points.
2: Right. And
1: you look at it from that perspective with the team that America is sending more things need to go wrong for us to lose and things need to go right for us to win. If that makes sense.
0: Totally get it. Totally get it. Um. Well, I'll tell you what, man, you know, while I have you on the phone, I've had you on the phone for about an hour. I don't want to keep you much longer. Um, but while I have you on the phone, I would be, it would be irresponsible and just downright rude of me not to ask you, can I, let, can we just talk Okie state and Penn state for a minute? Oh, hell yes. Awesome. I was hoping you would say First that. Of all,
1: I, won't, I won't get to go because we have another fantastic partner at Flo in South Dakota state and Bono has been getting on me all year about getting up to a dual meet and they're going to have one of the one of the, the dual series matches. Who would they be wrestling? So, Do you I'm know gonna be up at South Dakota State all weekend. I don't know. I think it's – I imagine everything's going to be set after today, after the Big Ten kind of gets finalized with Nebraska, Iowa, and Ohio State as right. far as, like, the 2-3-4 order. Gotcha. And, and one down, once those are figured out, everybody kind of figures out from there. Um, but they're going to have – you know, South Dakota State's going to have one of those matches. And so I'm going to be up there, and I believe they also their rivalry match against North Dakota State's there, so um, Bona's the man, and uh, it's been awesome to have their duels, you know, on flow this year, and so I'm going to head up there and, and watch watch some awesome wrestle myself. Obviously not Oklahoma State, Penn State, what everybody's, <laughs> I mean, it's, it's, first of all, it's the biggest duel in flow history. It's one of the biggest duels in our history, because this is one of the first times we're saying, hey, this is kind of our, our Super Bowl, our dual national championship.
0: Right. Yep. Absolutely. So real quick, man, I want to ask you, I want to ask you for a favor, if I can, again, like when you're up there at Sandy uh, South Dakota State, um, I, maybe you've heard this already. I know uh, their 197 uh, Nate Rotert uh, recently injury defaulted against Jake Smith of West Virginia. I hope it's not a serious injury. Um, if yeah, you, if you can let us know if you hear something, if it's not a serious injury, we'd love to hear. Um, we got some fans, you know, some fans down here who are rooting for him. So, um,
1: so yeah, Roder Roder's great. I uh, I got to watch his. You know, I was at the match where he beat Weigel Yeah. Um, so Roder's a guy who, if he's healthy, man, you know, everybody thinks Seth Gross will all American from South Dakota State, but they might have a second one in Nate Roder. I can very much see that.
0: I mean, you know, they've got him, I think, you know, before that match with Smith, he's what, ranked about seventh? Um, Smith was ranked higher than him, so I can't imagine it's going to affect his rankings too much, but, you know, really, when looking at the 197-pound weight class, after Cox and Farr, and, you know, I'm going to throw Colin Moore in there, and even, um, uh, um, uh, I guess Studebaker, even though Moore just kind of beat Studebaker. I mean, <laughs> there's a there's a lot of you know a lot of toss ups after that. Anything can happen at that weight class, right? All right, so let's talk. Yeah, this, let's get through uh, what let's we'll this dual, Yeah, uh, do it. Let me pull my notes up here. So I took the projected lineups that you had kind of put out. I think in an article that you put on Flow. Um, and when I'm looking at the projected lineups, man. I've got Penn State favored in five matches. I've got Okie State favored in two, and then I got three toss-ups. And that's, you know, right now, you know, and I want to get your opinion in a second, but the way I saw it was obviously at 125, Suriano has to be the favorite over Piccinini. Um, Brock is definitely the favorite over Carpenter at 133. Uh, Heil, the favorite over Goulabon at 141. Yeah. even though it's a one-versus-two match, until somebody proves me wrong or you know somebody shows they can beat Rutherford, Rutherford is definitely going to be the favorite at 149 against Colica. Um, Nolf obviously the favorite yep. over uh, Joe Smith, if he indeed wrestles this match at 57. Um, now, some people may not agree with me on this, but at 65, Vincenzo Joseph and Chandler Rogers, I actually am calling this a toss-up match. Um, yeah. Yeah. At For one sure. at one seventy four, Mark Hall and Kyle Crutchmer. You know it's funny. Mark Hall's you know ranked below Crutchmer, but he already had like I think a ten to three convincing win over him at the scuffle. So I, I've got Penn State favored in this match, though I could it could be a toss up. Um, Bo Nickel obviously the favorite over Boyd at one eighty four, and then I've got the last two matches uh, McCutcheon and Weagle, and then Neville's and Schaefer as toss up matches. What are your thoughts?
1: So. Yeah, man, I mean, it's it's insane duel, and it's it's almost, um, you know, a lot of times there are, there are dual meet teams and there are tournament teams, and um, sometimes you kind of see why one team, why a lot of teams won a, a national duel title, um, but the thing with Penn State is like every time I watch their duels, it makes me think of how they're going to win NCAAs if they do, which mm-hmm. is... They're just gonna bonus, the bonus hell out
0: points, of them, man, which has
1: always been Kale's mo, right? Um, and then you look at Oklahoma State's dual team, and you go, you look at how they win matches, and you know that's how they would win NCAA's, which is we got ten guys who can all Americans. I mean, this is probably the first team since that Minnesota team in uh, I believe oh one that actually did have ten all Americans, where you could see. You could see a situation where, especially if like Pichanini and Weigel and um, those guys all American, mm-hmm. where Oklahoma State wins and puts up 120 points, with 10 all Americans. It's terrifying.
0: It is. I mean, really, this is. Uh, you know, I I was talking with Ben in one of our previous podcast episodes that it just this just seems like, and I don't know if we're if we're just following it much more closely. Or what? But this year just seems so intriguing. There's so many different storylines. I think the team race is going to be super tight. Every week there's some sort of you know drama-related story you know coming out. You know with red shirts being pulled and big matchups and one thing after the other transfers. Um, but this match, I mean, it all is going to come down to this match. I think it's the duel that everybody wants to see. Are you? Um, yeah. Uh, how do you? How do you have this match coming out? I know so, you've, you've had to have breaking um, it down.
1: Have to, it, oh yeah, yeah. I mean, we. You gotta remember the office sometimes is like, imagine if you know FRL and malicious intent and the dirt. And imagine if all the things we do, if you guys just never saw them, that's just kind of like how we how we live in the office, right? We're constantly talking about storylines, matchups, <laughs> and best move, and, and this and that. So we've probably broken this down 15 different ways already um Soriano is your favorite over piccinini of course um piccinini have home mat for sure and you know piccinini while again he may be considered the weak link quote unquote on this oklahoma state roster that weak link is ranked like 12th in the country
0: <laughs> right
1: you know yeah. That's a- it's hard to and i was looking at you know i'm I'm a I'm a big stats guy. I like I like my stats. So I was looking at Suriano today. He's uh he's got like sixty three percent bonus and um you know that thing Infible puts out that they've been putting out for probably the last five or six years dominance score? Where well, yeah. it, it kinda just assigns the, the dual meet points every you know, so you get six for so on. Sure. Um Suriano's is like 3.5 right so he's not even averaging a major this year you're putting him on the road he's a true freshman i know you know pitching is only a redshirt freshman we put him on the road against uh the ranked guy a guy who's supposed to make around 12 this year on the road and i just i don't know see him, see him majoring and uh kind of on that same end you've got kate brock who kate brock K Brock grew up like knowing he was going to go to Oklahoma State, right? He absolutely. He wrestled at the uh, Cowboy Wrestling Club. You know, you look at back at like old Tulsa Nationals brackets and stuff, and the home crowd loves him. If you ever get to go to an Oklahoma State crowd, he's he's probably their favorite guy right now. I would say, especially with Jenner's on. gone, um, and one thirty three has obviously been the weak weak point for Penn State. You can very easily see Oklahoma State getting a major here and taking a 4-3 lead into Hyle Gulbon.
0: And I got to be honest um, with you. I, I mean, I actually see Cade Brock picking up a tech fall there, to be truthfully honest. You
1: think? You think he's just going to play catch and release and I, eat him up?
0: I, I, think that would be the, I, I think that would be the smart play, um, in my opinion. I think, obviously, Carpenter, you know, <laughs> he's doing the best he can filling in, but, you know, his recent results against high-level guys, I mean, you know, I think, Corey Clark, I think Tech team. Um, uh, Nathan Tomasello, I think just Tech Tech team as well. Um, so I think if right. K, if K Brock and, gets on his offense, I think we he can pick up five in this match.
1: And right, it's you know, if you're Carpenter man, it's hard to, you know, it's like a quarterback or a point guard or you know any other sport where a guy gets thrown in mid season. When you're not preparing in the preseason to be the guy, you know, when you're preparing kind of, okay, I'm a red shirt, I'm going to win some Opens, you know, I'm going to be ready for, for next year to be the guy, that's hard to do in the middle of the year, especially on a team with national championship aspirations. And, you know, like you said, matches have gotten away from Carpenter. And once again, with Gallagher, I have a crowd. You could see it getting away from him here. Exactly. Um, 41, How Gulbon, I mean, this was the match at Ironman, Years ago, Kyle pinned oh. Golobin,
2: oh, yeah, right? And that did. was when
1: Jimmy was the dude. That um, was when Jimmy was the guy. Who was, you know, about to be the four-time PA state champ, and you know, Kyle pinned him. Absolutely. Were you at that match?
0: Uh, I was not at that match. We were watching it live, though. So.
1: But you know, yeah, you know that. Yeah, you know, we've
0: seen there. I think. No. That,
1: and Kyle, you know, no, I don't want to say nobody likes him, but. For some reason, the wrestling fans don't seem as high on Dean Hile. And I would say a lot of that has to do with the closeness of his matches. But I, I think what people are kind of underestimating is, one, how difficult the 141 yep. rack, uh, you know, weight class is. Number two, that how much it sucks to be the guy with the target on your back. Yep. And, you know, they and Taylor... When they were, you know, back when they were wrestling, yeah, of course they were the guy and they they bonus a lot of people, but it wasn't always easy. And when you have a guy like Kyle who's maybe, you know, a step below them where he may not be a legend, but he's still a national title contender, it wears on you, man. It wears on you. And uh, that's why he's had to make close matches. But, you know, I think he he wins, right? He he keeps winning.
0: It's so funny that you say this because, you know, in our last podcast episode, Ben and I, you know, I brought this up with Ben that you know, is, is Dean Heil really one of the most underappreciated wrestlers in in NCAA right now? And, you know, I, you you take fourth as a freshman, you win it as a sophomore, you've, you know, you've won, I think 54 out of your last 55 matches, you've won 31 in a row. And it it seems like he he doesn't get a lot of the pub or a lot of the hype that, you know, I, I think. Cade Brock overshadows him, you know, on that Oklahoma State team. Everybody loves Cade Brock, but Dean Heil is on pace to be, if he if he ends up a three-time champ and then taking fourth as a freshman, I mean, that's going down as one of Oklahoma State's all-time greats, you know? I mean, even Deeringer, right. even Deeringer was a three-time champ and took third, you know, that freshman year. Um, but the problem is, like you said, he wins so many close matches, but, and this is where, you know, I kind of Get into some debates with people where I think there's different levels of dominance. You know, you have your David Taylor dominance yeah. guys that are going to go out and just rack up points and make you look silly. And then you have Kyle Dake dominance, the guys that are going to go out and basically shut you down and win every position and win three to one, three to nothing, four to nothing type matches. And I'm not. Well, con- and
1: also, I mean, you, you coached, right? Like there's something to be said about being able to win Close, gritty matches where you might come out with a shiner, you might come out with a bruised knee, or you got to come back, or you know you're you got to hold on to a lead late. Like there's something to be said about that in wrestling, where you know if you put your foot on the line, regardless of your your status, you know where your head's at, where your body's at. Like you have to accept responsibility for the outcome of the match. There's something to be said to like seeing how doesn't miss matches right nope he, he he's not missing matches he, he steps his foot in the line every time he wins every damn match and is it pretty is he blowing people out no but he's winning and there's something to be said for that and i don't know if i did the best job explaining this but like when i when i changed the big board and put fix over lee um you know there's i don't know there's there's something to be said about being in scraps and it's almost impossible to blow people out at the NCAA tournament. Right. And it's almost impossible to blow people out in a big goal meet like that. But sometimes you don't always need to do that. And, you know, other guys can pick up the slack. But to just go in and go, you know, John Smith goes into every match knowing, like, my 141 is favored and he should win. And we Absolutely. should get three points there at a minimum. Absolutely. And there's something to be said for that that, um, you know, I don't, I just I don't know if people appreciate it as much. Um so we got it like 8-3 three, three right now heading into Zane Kalica. and Zane has not majored Kalica before. You know he also has majored him, but again Gallagher Iba the way Kalika's wrestling this year, you could see where it's a seven point decision.
0: And Okie State needs that; they need to and, keep that to a decision,
1: right? Because then you know if you go okay, well it's two to two, but we got the major. 86 we held him below major at 25 and 49 you know now you're in a situation where okay we're you know we're not favored at 57. again Smith has not been majored by null before so
0: do we see saying, Smith this match I hope so I mean I really do too but Maybe. he's he's obviously been out lately.
1: Right. Yeah, I mean it's a it's a concern, and just like you're saying, Roeder, it's rotor. It's that time of year where, has yeah, it's the national, you know, it's basically Super Bowl duels, absolutely. But it's still not quite as important as NCAA. So you'd hope that Smith wrestles, you know, one to kind of say that he's okay, two to kind of make this more interesting duel, and in three to you know just see where he's at. Um, so if he's all there, I think it's a toss up in the sense that Penn State can get a major and they they need a major big time from Nolf in that one.
0: They do. And I actually see them getting a major to be truthfully honest. I think I mean, I think Nolf has progressed even more this year than where he was at last year. Um, and even if they do send out Smith, I mean, he's batting, He's obviously fighting an injury. Um, I don't think he's made the, the improvements this year that he's wanted to probably due to that injury. So uh, I do see Nulf getting that major there, unfortunately. It,
1: uh, yeah. I mean, I, you know, I've, I've always liked uh, JoJo. JoJo, his name is Joseph Smith. Uh, mm-hmm. But it will be tough. Just the way the way Oklahoma State's gonna coach him, um, I don't know, again, that could be another one where it's like a seven point decision. Sixty five is it is the massive toss up. Chandler Rogers, right, you know, he wins scuffle, but then he's lost to guys like Womack and Glass and um, who did he lose to a couple weeks ago here. Uh
0: Daniel Lewis again. No, he, he lost Vikings to Daniel Lewis. On.
1: Right. Lewis and guys like that, but then he also can continue.
0: Right. I think he he beat Lewis at the scuffle, didn't he? He pinned him. Yeah. And then he, you know, obviously lost the match again with him recently.
1: And he got the pin against, uh, you know, he got the pin against um, St. John in the Iowa match. So we've seen him in big matches this year come up with pins. Right. Um, Chen- Chenzo was a guy who was kind of more of a question mark last year than this year, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, he's pretty close with, with Weimar, you know. Kent is having a good year. I would say this is where Oklahoma State can blow it open, and if Rodgers can put him on his back, um, you know, get a win, then you could really see a situation in which Oklahoma State wins, and if he gets a pin, you know.
0: Oh, that'll be huge.
1: Um, so I would say, uh, maybe selfishly, I, you know, for the sake of interest of the duel, I kind of want to see Rodgers get a pin just to see how Penn State and Kyle Sanderson reacts. I think that would just be, you know, what an incredible storyline there if uh, if Rodgers gets a pin to kind of deal it, or even vice versa, Penn State still wins despite Rodgers getting a pin. Right. Yeah, massive, massive storyline. Um, 84. <laughs>
0: Don't skip 74 now.
1: Texting. Oh, yeah, 74. I'm sorry, I skipped right over 74. Yeah, we I
0: got a rematch me. now. Um. Oh,
1: man, Crutchmer. Crutchmer's a tough dude, right? Everybody everybody knows it. He was, I was sitting that side at that scuffle match. He um, he just wasn't quite there with Hall. Um, do you remember that match? Were you watching that one live?
0: Yeah, well, I was watching it on your guys's uh, on the flow cast or whatever the flow. You know, what, what was what
1: was your opinion of that match? Watching it, well, I
0: don't know. My big, you know, my the biggest thing takeaways that I had was one. I think Crutchmer got very frustrated, and I th- I find yeah. that when he gets frustrated, um, that's when he is. He does. It's so much. It's so detrimental to himself when he gets frustrated. Um, the second thing I took away from that match was, you know, I mean, I, 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 I thought Mark Hall would struggle with the with a larger Crutchmer, um, and he did not. I think it everything that yeah. That, I think everything that Crutchmer did fed right into what Hall wanted to do, and and, and ultimately that's right. what 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 resulted in the outcome of the match.
1: Yeah. So right, I think. Yeah. I mean stylistic matchup and and again Matt's side what you were saying, he was getting frustrated. I just you know, is a fiery guy and I didn't see the same thing that same fire I normally see out of him and you know, maybe it was just a bad day, right? Maybe it was you know, he he didn't have the have the the right meal in between rounds and you know, maybe just couple finals, maybe kinda of got to him a little bit. Uh um, right. maybe we see different crutchmers time around. I mean Hall's lost the Brucky and uh Meyer.
2: Mm-hmm. So
1: would it would it be a shock to most wrestling fans if he lost to Crutchmer, sure. But it also shouldn't necessarily be when, you know, he's lost in a duel before, in a big duel, you know, against Iowa at the Meyer and you know he's lost kind of a, a random match to a guy like Brucky. So if you're handicapping it, you probably go, especially with the prior result. You probably go 80-20 eighty-twenty favor Hall, but then Crutchmer, you know, he's got those big moves, and uh, he hit something like that headlock he hit against Ramos in a couple semis. It's a really different match, but Hall definitely favored there. Yeah. Um, what
0: would you think of that result this weekend with Hall and Brunson? I mean, a seventeen-to-one tech fall—that's impressive.
1: So that's where that's where you start going. Mark Hall kind of, you know, rounding into form. Yeah. Peaking.
0: Is he figuring it out? that's
1: where you go, oh, Lord, this is this is what everybody was afraid of. This is why he, you know, this is why he was the biggest recruit. This is why the question all year is, will, you know, will there, won't they pull the red shirt? Um, right. You see something like that and you go, well, I, how's, how's Crutchford going to beat him? Right. Um,
0: I think it's going to be a great match, though, either way at 174.
1: Yeah uh 84 so this is what i skipped over to 74 um my brother is a penn state season ticket holder
0: okay um
1: which is why i had that penn state shirt on uh we, me and mike mal did a hypothetical like 05 oklahoma state versus 2012 penn state right breakdown yeah um, that's why i had that on and i've got like i freaking every you know every team, every college team with the rest of the program, pretty much after a shirt. Um, but anyway, so my brother's a huge Penn State fan, he goes to all the matches, he, he's, he's brainwashed my nephew, his little son, into loving Penn State, he's got, <laughs> he's got a, a, you know, he's got a poster on the wall, he does, my, my mom, I told him to me, he's got the Legos out, and he's doing, um, you know, I think he's doing like Penn State, Ohio State that night, and apparently he wants to go nickel for Halloween. <laughs> so, I don't know how, like, you'd be a wrestler for Halloween, but that's awesome.
0: That, um, that is pretty cool.
1: And then, uh, you know, Oklahoma State's got Nolan Boyd, who... Nolan Boyd's one of those guys that... I don't I feel like people don't always think about him, but, like, he's kept it close with Gabe Dean. He's beaten Gabe Dean before. Um, so, when you see something like that, you go, well... Is it all that crazy that Joe will doesn't bonus against a guy like Nolan Boyd, especially if he can avoid that sladel that Sammy Brooks got hit in, <laughs> you know? Right. Um, and, you know, Nichols, uh, he's had a history of being kind of sloppy before in his upper body. Sloppy is not the right word, but, you know, you've kind of seen it. Um, he's cleaned it up a whole lot over the last two years. Yeah looks just totally different up at 84 compared to 74 but um you know you, you miss one or two of those and you go out of bounds they get getting a takedown on the edge and all of a sudden you're looking at a uh, situation in which you know it's just a regular decision
0: um well you know i mean look i i i have i have finally just come around and i've i've got to give bo nickel his props this year you know i've kind of They've tried to stay off of his bandwagon all year long, but he's, like you said, he's shown at 184 that he's, you know, he is legit at 184, but I will say this, you know, he, he wrestled Miles Martin in the Ohio State Duel. He did win that match. I think it was eight to two, but... I think the match was more competitive than what the score was because Miles Martin gave up a takedown in every period at the, in the last 8 seconds of the period. So that's 6 points right there. Right. All right, you don't give up those takedowns and that that's a much different match. So if Nolan Boyd can avoid those mistakes and wrestle smart and keep it close, you know, keeping this match to a decision or maybe even hey, let's keep it close and then something happens in the third period. You know, I think that's probably his best right. chance right now.
1: Right. And then uh, 97, I would say you probably favor McCutcheon, um, especially Count Weigel's been out a little bit lately. But the thing with Weigel, man, you get him on top, he gets that cross wrist. Oh, yeah. Like that dude wins so many matches 6 nothing, where it's escaping the second, you know, zero zero after the first, escape in the second, one zero, and then he'll ride you after the entire third, get a four point crossrest and win six nothing. Um he could very well do that against McCutcheon. Like that would that would not be out of the realm of possibility. Um I still would say maybe McCutcheon's favorite, but like Weigel at home with his ability to ride on top. Um, I would say that for me, along with sixty five main being two toss ups.
0: I, I agree with that. I actually wouldn't mind favoring Weigel. I mean, yeah, it is a toss-up, but I can I can definitely see Weigel winning this match. I don't think McCutcheon has the greatest of offense, um, especially up, you know, obviously out of his natural weight at 197 pounds. And Weigel's got some great defense. And like you said, if he can get that cross wrist on top and at least get one turn, that could be the difference maker.
1: Right. And then, uh, heavyweight, obviously, Neville's favorite, um, uh, are pretty athletic, so I would be hard-pressed to pick Neville for, for bonus. So this is one of those weird matches where Oklahoma State matches up pretty well where um, it, it seems silly and, and it's probably going to happen anyway that Penn State will get bonus somewhere, but um, it's easy to see a situation in which Penn State does not get any bonus and Oklahoma State maybe gets it one or two, and Oklahoma State wins, like, 16-15, right? Five matches, five. Yeah. Um. But more things need to go right for Oklahoma State. You know, we talked about that with the World Cup, like, more things going right versus going wrong. Mm -hmm. More things need to go right for Oklahoma State, but, you know, it's maybe 60-40 thing in terms of Penn State ahead, you know, more more marquee guys, more bonus points available, but home crowd, the depth of Okie State's lineup for one through ten, they're gonna send somebody tough out every time. Mm-hmm. Um that that kind of hole at one thirty three for Penn State, the the ability of, of Rodgers to maybe get a pin, um that's why it's gonna be awesome.
0: Yeah, it's gonna be a great duel. That's why it's
1: gonna be fun. So-, so I'm leaning Penn State, but not by much. No, I think that's
0: probably, honestly, that's probably the realistic, you know, projection to make. One of the things that I've said, whenever the top teams are wrestling Penn State, whether it's been Iowa, Ohio State, um, I, I would include Nebraska there, but not so much, but, you know, anybody that's wrestling Penn State, even if they match up well with them, their margin of error is, razor, you know, razor thin just because of the fact that Penn State has the ability to score so many bonus points, so... Everything's right. kind of got to break, you know, in your favor, more or less. Um, and so that's actually February 19th. That'll be broadcast live on Flow Sports, correct?
1: Yep. We got it. Super excited about it. Like, like I said, probably the biggest duel in Flow history. One of the biggest duels in history. Everybody tune into that. Especially if it's at a different time than when I'm going to be in South Dakota State. Because that's also going to be live on Flow. Awesome! So we get to watch both. Watch both.
0: <laughs> Will do. Shameless plug. <laughs> no, nope. Don't don't mind that at all. Well, hey man, Dan, I appreciate you so much for taking the time to do this with me today. You've got so much knowledge out there um, in the wrestling world, and also I would probably even say a dream job that the majority of us would love to have. So. <laughs> keep doing what you do. We we appreciate everything you do. And, uh, hopefully we get to maybe do this again someday. Okay.
1: Yeah, sounds good. Thanks for having me on. I know, uh, you know, I've been listening. I don't always get to listen kind of the day you guys put it out, you know, depends if I'm traveling or not, but I do a pretty good job keeping up with you guys. I like that, uh, you know, somebody else has kind of joined blood round and, you know, kind of independently Mm -hmm. doing your own thing or not necessarily, Obviously, you're Ohio guys, but you're not, you know, affiliated kind of with any media organization or any team. You just kind of call it how it is. So it's nice to have a, a couple guys like that now, where they're just kind of shooting the breeze on wrestling. Man, it's awesome to, to have a lot of different voices like that right now.
0: Absolutely, we appreciate it. We love it a lot. You know, in fact, you know, one of the reasons we got into this was a just, you know, we were, you know, it's we're always looking for more people to talk wrestling with, and this this has been such a great outlet to do that. So. <laughs> Um. Again, thanks yeah. for everything. Thanks for your support. Listening to us, I'll, we're gonna keep tuning into you guys, and uh, we'll hopefully we get to talk to you again later. Okay.
1: Cool, man. Have a good day. See ya.
0: Thanks, bud. Bye. All right, everyone. So there you have it. Big, big, big thanks to uh, Flow Wrestling's Nomad for coming on and being our first guest to discuss the 2017 World Cup as well as the upcoming duel between Oklahoma State and Penn State next weekend. Um, very, very appreciative of having him on, um, really hope a lot of you guys, I'm sure many of our listeners are already following him, but again, if you're not give him a follow on Twitter at wrestling nomad, um, also big thanks, um, I don't know if any of you guys have seen it, but big thanks to fourth ranked Duke heavyweight, Jacob Casper. Um, he recently was kind enough to take some time to answer some questions for me, we were able to put out a nice Q&A about his journey to where he began, to where he is now. And also a big thanks to Blood Round Wrestling for posting that on their website. So if you haven't seen it yet, go out to bloodround.com, take a look at it. It's a QA and a with Jacob Casper. Um, anyway, hope you guys enjoyed the show. This was episode number 11 of The Inside Trip. Hit us up on Twitter at The Inside Trip 1. Hope you enjoyed it. Have a great day. Peace out.